I think you're going to have to do more talking until we, <laughs> we I'm, it No, up. I'm waking up, too. I woke up a, literally about 20 minutes ago, so... This might be a either a sleepy podcast or a falsely energetic podcast. <clears throat> you know, I always do my vocal warm ups before before we start recording. I didn't have time today. I had no idea. See, I need, I need to put that on my <laughs> checklist. Is that because my voice never sounds like it's warmed up? <laughs> or is it something uh, that doesn't has never to say here? <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't. You guys don't do vocal warm ups <laughs> in your daily life. What <laughs> does yelling at cats count? <laughs> uh, depending on yeah, I, yeah, I think you could make that work. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you, you know, choose your words carefully to to exercise all the different parts of your vocal cords. It mostly involves the word no and bad. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, so you get the oh and the ah sound, but, you know, you kind of got to work in the other vowels. And then a couple different kinds of consonants. Some some mouth stretching is always good. Ah, 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 ah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast. I'm Rob Fiorandino, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Dave and Carney. Hello, Carney. Hello. Hello, Dave. Hello, Carney. <laughs> How are you gentle people this morning? <clears throat> it is morning here in Minnesota. I don't know. I haven't looked outside yet to check. Hmm. <laughs> Do you have any? Uh, do you have any? You guys have any weather on the on the ground left over from a few days ago, like we have? Okay, you do understand we're in the south, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, yeah. the leaves do continue to pile up on the ground. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Good. Well, that's 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 all we need to really know. See, we have uh, we have precipitation that's still remaining on the ground that hasn't sunk in and ran away yet. Of course, as is normal for Minnesota. Yeah, I'm keeping a close eye on uh, the Kansas City area just to see how that fares. You know, I've been told that snow there lasts maybe a day and a half, and mm -hmm. that's about the right amount. Yes. My grandma told me that uh, there's, uh, Dave's familiar with this, the Highway 20 line in Iowa is the is the line of demarcation between the the cold part of the United States and the warmer part, the middle part of the United States, not necessarily the warmer warmer part. So, I think my cousins yeah. in Wisconsin might take issue with that demarcation. <laughs> Do they 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 think of themselves in the cold area? You mean? Or are they? Think I of have themselves a hard time arguing with them. <laughs> Since yeah, these are the same cousins who would show up in Pensacola in February and think that going to the beach and swimming at that time was perfectly fun and acceptable. <laughs> While all the natives were sitting there in <laughs> overcoats and long sleeves, shivering, just watching them. Yes. Well, well there's uh, a point of argument then. They're north of 20. They think it's cold. Yes. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say. No, no, no. Exactly. The point of argument is, is that of the people north of 20 that are in Iowa considering themselves ah. of the cold part. They think the cold part oh. starts somewhere south of Wisconsin. Well, actually, they probably think it starts somewhere north of the southern Wisconsin. Okay. Well, 
in any case, there's kind of a ridge or, uh, along the top of Iowa that's a particularly windy spot, and you can tell that by when you're driving through that part of the state because there's lots and lots of uh, windmills harnessing that kinetic energy contained in the air. With any luck, they'll keep the cold weather up there. Yes, it's, it's like a border. So <laughs> oh, wow. we'll, we keep it all to ourselves. We enjoy it so much. So, how, so you guys had, uh, we are recording this uh, for our audience. Uh, this is our first recording after the Thanksgiving holiday, but we are full in the uh, Christmas season now. Uh, have you guys, did you guys have a pleasant holiday so far? If you don't count shopping, yes. So does that mean you had a bad experience shopping or you did not shop? There are no good shopping experiences after Thanksgiving. <laughs> I see. Dave, did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? Yes, it was a great holiday. The family came down. We ate all the normal foodstuffs and walked away heavy. So nice, <laughs> excellent. Did you and uh, uh, you were talking before about your sous vide turkey, Dave? Did you uh, participate in that? I did, and uh, we got enough meat out of it to uh, feed the crew. But, um, yeah, I think my laziness did show itself, and I have a, a little uh, work to do on my my technique. So, Well, please please go into some detail here. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I was using, um, I put a thermometer, well, maybe you could call it a thermostat, on a crock pot. I put the probe in the water. I dropped the bags of meat in the water, and then the you can have a crock pot maintain whatever temperature you, know, you put on the little thermostat device but um <coughs> when you said you sous vide your turkey i thought maybe you temperature uh, quickly you know, had a big giant pots. turkey and then put it in your bathtub or something no you can if you uh <laughs> you can buy a large like lab- laboratory style tub and fill it with water and do it that way but uh, since the white meat and the dark meat uh, cook at different speeds, that's not necessarily right. ideal unless you really, really want to have your bird all and you know as a whole at the end. And and it's it's kind of a gray, not that appealing look at the end. So it's not like something you'd throw on the mm-hmm. so how, table. So how did you do it? And show, look, see, this is what I made. Sous vide does not make sous vide does not make a pretty. Meat. It's so, so describe the process a little bit then. Safe meat. Well, it depends on your meat and what you're shooting for, but uh, basically you put your meat of choice in a, well, we use Ziploc bags. You can, you can buy the uh, bags that you, you know, have a little evacuator that sucks the air out and seals them. Um, so far, Ziplocs have seemed to work just fine. You just drop your Ziploc bag into the water, um, push it all the way down so the water's at the top of the bag. It forces the air out, and you zip it. And then, basically, mm-hmm. you have a air-free bag. So that's the that's the cheap way to do it. And then, so you have your meat in the bag. You put it in uh, w- w- your water at a chosen temperature, and you leave it there for your chosen time. And that, you know those two factors are usually... Yeah, you know, they're based on what you're shooting for. Um, 
you don't want to probably have your water less than about 131 degrees for meat products because <laughs> anything below that and you that might actually be yeah, causing counterproductive things rather than <clears throat> yeah so unless you're trying to sous vide so what temperature did you use wine uh that's not really the way to go so uh f- okay so for dark meat the uh, this year was 149 degrees okay. for about 12 to 18 hours and i think my problem with this year was that the so i'm using a crock pot that doesn't have any circulation to it It, it's very and it and it's a just takes a long time to get up to speed so anyway it was not as done as i was hoping it would be um the white meat we did at 132 for about 12 hours Mm -hmm. and that turned out to be just right for for the white meat in my opinion but the the dark meat needed more more time or more temperature or both so that what my takeaway from this is that next year or you know if, if you're having a large bag of mm-hmm. meat then you need to put it into water that's already brought up temperature um, you just probably need to make sure there's circulation too otherwise the temperature where the probe is is not going to be the temperature away from the probe well, there's certainly some of that, and um, if, if I was doing a two- or three- or four-hour thing, then I'd probably be more worried about circulation. For a 12-, 15-, 18-hour thing, I'm not, not as worried about it. Maybe I'm wrong. I just assume that uh, con- convection in, in water will also hmm. so now move stuff around enough. That, uh, so they say when you're cooking a turkey normally in the oven or whatever, you want to get it to an internal temperature of 165. Obviously, if you've got it, your sous vide boiling water or water lesser than that, is it still is that still hot enough to kill all the bacteria and everything in there? Obviously, it is, but... Explain to me how that works exactly. I'm not sure if I know. <coughs> well, yeah, there's a time and yeah, there's a time and temperature kill chart that uh, you can apply to this. And 165 mm-hmm. is uh, if that's, that's what, what, that's what, I think that's what our good friends at Google recommend. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a, what they call a yeah, and that that's the insta kill time so theoretically okay you, know, you get up 165 for like two seconds and uh, everything is dead you can also uh kill the the bacteria and such that you're targeting if you keep it at 131 okay. for i think maybe f- even four hours so, so it's it's a there's yeah like the, the higher your temperature the less time it needs to be at that temperature hmm, to uh, do a complete. So the the, uh, the what did you what did you end up doing with the dark meat? Did you just eat it a little bit underdone or? Hmm. Well, it just wasn't as uh, super awesomely tender as it has been in the past. So, and to Carney's point, I mean, in the past I did use a circulator device. And so it might just be as simple as that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm putting too much stock in convection. Yeah, I was going to say is that you really shouldn't count on convection on stuff like that unless there's some agitation going on. Because if you've got something like a pot of water and 
you don't have boiling action or something, you're definitely going to end up with uh, hot and cold, relatively speaking, zones. And um, when you've got a situation where you've got the heat source in one area and you've got a heat sink in another area, water is actually a pretty good insulator if it's not moving. And again, without agitation, it's probably not moving as much as you think it is. <coughs> Yeah, well, in a crock pot, I mean, not. This is kind of a. I hear that, and I don't disagree. Um, the the way my setup is is the crock pot uh, it applies heat at the sides, and I had the probe in in the center. So I had two bags of meat, one you know against each side, and then the probe in the center. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I would think that the outside would have been over temp. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, they they put a little propeller into all, almost all these sous vide devices hmm. and with the intention of keeping stuff moving so is it don't be a temperature isn't the only i mean i realize that it's a very good proxy for this but it's a question of how much energy is actually transferred into the turkey and at what times and i'm thinking that your turkey probably lagged behind the normal sous vide cooking curve without agitation Yes, I, w I would agree, and that's why, I mean, I, that's why I took it up to uh, 18, and I actually, I think one of them went 20 <coughs> hours. I mean, so, I mean, I wasn't worried about its its safety, but maybe it didn't get, you know, I mean, that, that might explain why. Now, did you end up, at, did you put it in the oven Tender. for 15 minutes or whatever at the end to kind of crisp up the, the skin and all that, or just kind of go with it the way it was? Well, okay, so I've never uh, used a gas oven before, and I didn't really understand how the right. broiler process worked, and I still don't think it's actually a broiler in the sense of <laughs> mm -hmm. a nice, tight heating element sitting right above the thing you want to a crisp. But, mm -hmm. okay, so we took the skin off completely, so there was no skin to, to uh, brown up. Um, but we did put it under the uh, gas broiler at my <laughs> sister's house and um, incinerated it. <laughs> monit monitoring that at a family event didn't work out perfectly, which it might be part of why. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just some of it got a, a little bit dried out. Um, that might have affected the dark meat some. The white meat I cut into, you know, kind of strips. And then layered it so the top got kind of a brown mm -hmm. color to it, and the bottom part stayed completely. And did anyone object to uh, having this so weird-looking turkey meat? Non-traditional, I should say. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, when they when they when they saw it, it was all cut up right. and ready to eat. I, I mean, I didn't. Hear <laughs> and I'm assuming it was delicious. Then that's the thing we really care about. Fork and eat it. So. It was good. I've I've made. Now you've also done like the, the deep frying, frying haven't the you? The white meat I thought was was pretty darn good, but oh no, we haven't. That was my sister's proposal this year, um, but the you have to have a giant pot, which we probably <laughs> have one that's big enough, and they have to have to have, have to have sufficient oil, which we don't. And so to cook a ten dollar turkey, you have to spend oh, about yeah. $30 yeah, on so oil. I've, I think we've all also, probably seen the YouTube videos of, house of turkeys exploding. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, even you without know, I, that, I don't even think I'd want to do it in my garage. I think I'd want to do it like twenty feet away from the house on the driveway. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I guess I haven't seen the the videos you're referencing, but no, we. I mean, the the burner that we would put the pot on is pretty sizable, and you could put it in the house, but. Yeah, I'd be worried it about is, Yeah, this has got nothing to do with the size of your burner. This has got everything to do with, <laughs> with the reaction yeah. of wa- cold water to hot oil. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't do any uh, video research because we decided not to spend $35 to cook a $10 turkey. Um, it seems like that's the thing you do if you're going to cook. you got to be cooking at least three or four or five turkeys to make that worth it. But I guess part of the holiday cooking thing isn't is it worth it is it you know if that made the best possible turkey meat ever then that's the way to go but it frying turkey is definitely good but it's not something you want to do in your house and i would make sure that my sis if i were you i'd make sure that my sister wasn't planning on attempting that at any time (laughs) yeah if you go on youtube and search for turkey explosion or or turkey fire you'll uh there's quite a large number of videos it's amazing that enough people have done this that that there's so many videos actually i mean i'm wondering how many other people have done this and caught fire that have not caught have not happened to catch yeah that didn't catch it on video oh lots lots that's what started the video i so <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, they started exactly. doing the videos and some people appara- apparently putting a frozen turkey in this. oil is a really bad idea which makes a lot of sense <sighs> I'm not sure why. <laughs> not sure why you'd ever try to cook a frozen turkey, but what? or what? Yeah, yeah, you'd have to <laughs> get up to sous vide that thing for a really long time. You're in a rush. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I didn't realize it until later, but when she, my sister proposed the the oil bath approach, um, yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, it's going to be kind of a lot of oil money and then and then about two months or about uh, two weeks later she, uh, that's I, when i found I, out i was making the turkey i've, so I don't think I've she ever heard that deep frying the turkey is absolutely delicious but i think it's a it's a skill that one might need to practice a couple times in a safe environment right <laughs> exactly. a safe environment means maybe, out in the middle of your or maybe in the m- middle of a tarmac day. on a racetrack would be good Uh, yeah no i mean even if you know what you're doing it's a little bit dangerous i mean there's some restaurants around here Mm -hmm. that do fried turkey that will fry a turkey for you for um thanksgiving you know and i've had fried turkey before and it's 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 good but it's just one of those things where the scale of the operation you know even frying potatoes you can get you know one serving of french fries you can end up with splatter Mm -hmm. You know, I, I doubt any of us have not at le- had at least one kitchen fire, you know, minor detail that we know how to deal with. We'll scale that up by a factor of 10 yeah. or 20 or even more, yeah. and all of a sudden you're not dealing with something that's easy to handle. Hmm. Well, I feel like I've maybe led the wrong kind of life because I love fire and I've not had any kitchen ones. So. Well, by kitchen fire, I'm just talking about a fire in a frying pan, not an actual... Once it escalates past that point, yeah, it's a real problem. But, I mean, if you're cooking with a frying pan, 
you're just inevitably going to have a flambe. Yeah, it you know? <laughs> it's just you put the lid on. I think it depends on what kind of heat stove solved. you have too. I have a you know, glass top stove, and <laughs> I don't think I've ever had any issues that even approached a fire on that. But when I had a when I had a gas stove, I <clears throat> remember yeah lighting some oil on fire several times. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have a guy. I mean, I wouldn't. There you have it. We have we have a new kitchen appliance in our house, so, uh, the yeah. air fryer, which surpri- actually surprisingly works pretty well for certain things. Yeah. We uh, we did some meatballs in it the other day, and they actually turned out really good. Um, yeah, exactly. The the meat that yeah, well, it was actually turkey meat, which didn't have a whole lot of oil in it, but um, I think it actually. Zan tried, my wife tried uh, frying the meatballs in oil first on the stove, and since they were turkey, they didn't kind of have that internal consistency, so they fell apart. But we put them on the, the air fryer, and man, they worked it perfectly. It's also got a, it's got a cool thing. It's got this little basket that rotates, so you can put french fries in there and stuff, which works really good for homemade french fries. But if you get the, what we found out was if you get the french fries that are frozen in the store, they all kind of come with a coating, and being tossed around repeatedly in that thing basically takes all the coating off and which ends up at the bottom of the fryer and you end up with these really skinny little fries in the middle that <laughs> don't have any flavor. <laughs> so <laughs> but I was really I was really surprised at how well the air fryer worked and how, you know, obviously it's a lot healthier cuz you're not consuming all that oil, but so All right. Well, yeah. I uh, look forward to more reports, and uh, hopefully, you can maybe even l- link that because you know mm-hmm. it's something that we've considered. I'm trying to hold off until after we move. One less thing to haul, but um, yeah, they've been popping up in people's homes. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tool for certain jobs. It's definitely it. it's not something that you'd want to use in, but it does it does a nice job with meat, um, and uh, like shish kebabs, it's fantastic for. Um, and, and we also did a, we did a kind of a rotisserie chicken. Uh, well, it was a rotisserie chicken and it has the little, you know, that is a kind of a pain in the ass to do as opposed to just going to the grocery store and buying the six, the six ninety nine chicken that's sitting in front there that, you know, I was about to say that you know <laughs> exactly. No, we like we, we love those little local six ninety nine rotisserie chickens, and just about every, just about every time we go grocery shopping, that's what we have for dinner that night. So it's uh, mm-hmm. so I would not recommend for your Cornish hens or anything like that. <laughs> I don't, a Cornish hen to me is kind of like, why are we wasting our time cooking this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah, bones had, and skin exactly. wrapped around no food. All right. Yeah, it's, yep. there's just not enough meat to make it worth oh, the time. I, they're delicious. I mean, the ones you get my, to the the ones that we get to the store are fine because somebody else had the pain in the ass of cooking it. But you know, and it's it's usually cheaper than like one meal at Kentucky Fried Chicken. So uh, we can you know for two of us can eat for six ninety nine. <laughs> that's a good deal. But uh, anyway. Any other uh, any other turkey uh, or uh, turkey or Thanksgiving related uh, stories? Anything fun happen? 
If not, let's move on to maybe other things we did on Thanksgiving, like watching movies. Carney, I see you watched a movie. <coughs> hmm. This is the new 2019 Charlie's Angels that uh, that uh, was written and directed by a person I can't remember her name. Um, good. Please tell me about it. I could talk about it instead. Elizabeth, of I'm just trying to give people a little context. Details as of it, but if we'd rather, <laughs> oh, okay, you sure? Because I mean, I'm, I, sh- I'm sure the watchers. I, no, no, I just, want, I just want to make sure people know what we're talking about. We're not talking about like the, two, the, the version of 2000. The movie. We're talking about the 2019 Elizabeth Banks version. <laughs> tell me about it, please. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I read some reviews that, you know, I have now come to think of as the typical, oh. it's got women in it, therefore it's a bad movie reviews. But I thought it was a lot of fun and that it was it was an interesting movie. Um, Patrick Stewart in it was good, and they really played to your expectations and subverted them with him. Um and it, 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 it a great movie it's not but it's a fun movie and it, it's it's all action sequences <laughs> nice and basically the girls looking fabulous <laughs> you know kicking ass and looking fabulous excellent I, I enjoyed it and so you know what can I say is that if you're not if you're the kind of person who hates snowflakes and women you know what are i'm, I'm beating I'm up show my age here what do you mean by snowflakes this. otherwise it's a lot of fun oh the you're showing your political alignment not your age is that snowflakes are what real american men rage against whenever they come home after a hard day's work you get online and you find <coughs> a snowflake gotcha. and you start venting huh. anger at the snowflake you know precious little snowflakes <coughs> that yeah. sounds weird <laughs> weird sorry i've had at. some run-ins with them lately <laughs> i mean i understand what you're saying it's a metaphor it's not the actual no, snowflakes it's, but it's the the yeah <laughs> yeah it's just apparently what um you know if you're a gun-toting red-blooded american sure, sure. That, that's gotcha what, that's you're, what you're, your enemy you're is these days over testosterone you know, you know, up uh pre-anger <laughs> management class men i understand what you're saying Yeah, you know, I think th- I think the previous uh, phrase was single Jesus loving white people. Hmm. Ah, oh, I see. Gotcha. Social justice warriors. You, well, you got to yeah. get angry at yes, Antifa yes. and see, you the get, squad you get your and all those, those here, people, you know? right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. And anybody, of course, yeah, that I don't, I do not understand must that, be uh, the enemy. that mentality at all. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, but anyway, I, I read a lot of bad reviews about really? the, the uh, angels. And I mean, because it was always kind of. I mean, that's weird because Charlie's Angels has always be kind of been a women's movie. empowerment. <laughs> You know, Even the TV show movie, was. I, I mean, obviously there were very funny. problematic parts of the TV show, but still, there was there was it was there was kind of a, you know, hey, these women are really smart and powerful element to even the original '70s TV show. 
that. Mm hmm. Right. It's just continuing yeah. right so on anyway. with that trend. If you like the original cool. Charlie's Angels. Cool. Well, that's good. I, I like do. This. I've always enjoyed Charlie's Angels since I was a little kid that didn't know what I was looking at. To. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's fine. Um, and then. Pretty. Uh, kicking ass. Great. Yay! <laughs> and then, uh, now you also made a note here in the uh, about China's launch tempo. What, what do you got? What do you got to say about that, Carney? I'm assuming that was Carney. Well, just that China's launching a lot of rockets. <clears throat> Not all of them are making it into space, but they're right now China's launching more rockets <laughs> into space than any other nation, including the U.S. Now, what exactly is going on with that? You know, a lot of them are are very small payloads and so forth but the the chinese are definitely pushing to try to get yeah i was going to say it sounds like what they're trying to do is learn about rocketry and rocketry yeah and the, uh, one of the things they're learning is that rocket parts falling <laughs> out of the sky onto villages is generally a bad thing that they're having a lot more incidents with you got to understand the chinese launch wow. Uh, path is over populated areas is that unlike anybody else who launches it over water or over you know basically deserts they're launching it over well populated areas and rockets are filled with nasty stuff and they fall out of the sky and sometimes wow. they land on people and the <coughs> Chinese really don't seem to care much about that <laughs> well I was going to chime in that yeah it seems like they're probably not that worried about that. I mean, is it is it the land that is over part of China or another country? Because that'd be it, it's over China. It's over China. Yeah, if they were doing this over another country, there'd, there'd be hmm. artillery shells being traded across the border. All right. So, uh, so you don't do you have any theories on what uh, what they're doing and the, their grand scheme? I think that. I think they're just trying to build up their launch capability to compete with the U.S., which they're nowhere near. I mean, number of rockets does not equal ability to put payloads into orbit. They're nowhere near that, and they have no reusability. But they're they're working hard on being able to put heavy payloads. Mm -hmm. I think they're they're pushing towards being able to reach the moon. Now, whether they achieve that or not is you know, we'll well, see. I mean, the way you learn how to do something is by making mistakes and doing it again and again. Goals. So, I mean, I was assuming, I'm, I'm assuming that's why they're doing it. Or if, if or, or that could be a side effect of whatever they are doing. <coughs> Possibly, except there's, well, I, I think, th I think that's what they're trying to do, but they're also launching a lot of the same rockets and they're, I, I'm not sure that they're on a, a viable path. They're doing the same thing that the <coughs> European Union is doing, which is saying, well, gee, reusable rockets are the future. Let, so instead of let doing reusable rockets, huh. let's use a thousand so, one-shot So throwing resources at it as opposed that. to... Hmm. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to actually changing how you're doing it. They just don't have the capability to land rockets at this point. Neither does the European Union. And I'm not sure the way to develop that cap. Well, and how much visibility do we have at what the rest of their, of their space program rockets. is doing? I mean, obviously we can, yeah, I mean, obviously we can tell when they launch a rocket because you can, 
we can see that from space. I mean, but we don't know what they're doing behind the behind the scenes, do we? <coughs> yeah. Right. I'm sure somebody knows, but it's not public for public con consumption. But the thing about it, though, is that public rocket launch is that you can do lots and lots of research without launching rockets but rocketry mm. is essentially when you get past the basic science is an engineering discipline mm -hmm. and if you can if you don't actually launch a rocket you haven't learned squat you know you've right. got a bunch of theory on paper mm. and you don't know you you have no idea whether it works or not <laughs> So it sounds like we'll know when there's a data breach at SpaceX because China <laughs> will, will suddenly start improving their program. Again, it's an engineer. I mean, yes, I take your point, and you, you're absolutely right. But right. you still have to. All right. Well, hardware we 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 don't know right now, but we will know, and hopefully, we'll know in the future. Uh, hopefully, we won't know <laughs> because they launched something bad. Right. Yes. Exactly. We'll, we'll know when the orbiting death. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to what's been good this fortnight. Uh, Carney, I see you've got one listed there in the document. So I'm going to start with you. Got the DVD mm -hmm. and watched the, um, or rewatched, I should say, the Captain Marvel movie. And I. I thought it was good when I saw it in the theater, and I think I underrated it because I didn't have the ability to look at all the, all the mm -hmm. cool things going on. I think it's the best of the superhero origin movies, and it's a really good one overall. I mean, they, they did a really good job with Captain Marvel. And one of the things that struck me watching it on DVD was that the music, I mean, it's all the music pretty much is music that I like from the... The pretty much eighties and nineties, you know, they have whole no yeah. doubt. Garbage. Yeah, I really enjoyed that you film know, as it, well, it and I saw. A, I think maybe a lot of the same uh, people that were criticizing uh, Charlie's Angels might have been criticizing this movie for the same reasons. And yeah, I yeah, yeah me too. I, I loved it. I, I just want to see a good movie. I, and uh, having a female hero is fine, <laughs> great. It, was, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's gr it's a great movie. Yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the subplot with uh, with the little girl and uh, her former partner, and it was just yeah, the whole thing was great. I might I might have to watch that again soon. Mm -hmm. Now that you reminded me of that. Yeah, and we kind of have a theme yeah, going. I, 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 I watched it, it, a it, another female empowerment <laughs> movie, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, Hustlers with. Uh, with J Lo, um, and it has the feel of uh, an exploitation, kind of like Charlie's Angels. I think it has the feel of, a char of an exploitation film. It's about a bunch of strippers that decide that they want to rob uh, uh, Wall Street types, and uh, it, you know it's kind of in the it's kind of in the vein of uh, you know Ocean's Eleven or one of those things. It's actually based on a it's actually based on a true story though, and. Uh, it's really good. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and not for a movie about a bunch of strippers. It's not really that sexually explicit. Um, they do. They do. It's still a. It's a mainstream movie. So there's. I don't. I'm not even sure if there's nudity. Maybe a couple spots, but you know, mm -hmm. not 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 over overly in any way. Anyway, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. So that's. I enjoyed that, and that's what's been good this fortnight for me. Dave, what about you? You got anything good this fortnight? 
Oh, for here, for us, and for many, I suppose. It's the start of the uh, Christmas trees up and Christmas feel for the season and all that good stuff. I mean, our family got together for Thanksgiving. We probably won't see each other again till the next year. That's you know not the good part, but, you know, it's just in generally. Well, it's good. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the, uh, that. I'm glad you're enjoying it as well. Um, is upon well, it's been a great, great podcast. Thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. We are Dedicated Nerds at Dedicated Nerds on Twitter, DedicatedNerds at gmail.com, and visit us on our website, DedicatedNerds.net. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Dave. Have a good rest of your day. And thank you, Carney. It's been great talking with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. I'll edit.